Hi, Damien Marcus from 100 Not Out here. MP. Yes, Damo. We all know the importance of having a diary, but who wants a boring old day planner? Not me. Enter the journey of me. Ta-da! The incredible eight-month wellness journal designed especially for wellness peeps like you. Yes, Damo, this beautiful eight-month wellness guide is filled with questions, planners, exercises, reflective notes, and more. Endorsed by the Up For A Chat girls and loved the world over, the journey of me is a must-have if you're ready to live your best life for life. To purchase your very own journey of me and receive a free set of inspirational postcards, simply enter the code COUCH at www.wellandnew.com. That's www.w-e-l-l-i-n-e-u-x.com. You're listening to the One Minute Mindfulness Show with Vicky Kelly and Natalie MacGyver. This is the One Minute Mindfulness Show where we explore the life-enhancing power of retraining our attention and everyday ways to strengthen our capacity for mindful living. I'm Vicki Kelly. And I'm Natalie McIver. Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. And welcome back, Vicki. I've missed you. It's been a few oh, weeks since we've had a chat. No, I've missed you too. And a lot's gone on in your world in a few weeks. Oh, I think that for all of us, the only thing that seems to be consistent is how much everything keeps changing for all of us at the moment. Well, is it, and isn't that true? And I think most importantly, it's it's how we learn um, to adapt to that change in in the most um, effective way without it throwing us too much off balance emotionally or physically or spiritually. So tell us about you. Tell us about what's been happening for you. Well, I think we we spoke a couple of episodes ago um, about me heading back to the full-time kind of corporate world again and and what that would bring up for me and what what that would be like to be having structure again and and KPIs and deadlines and all those Mm -hmm. sorts of things. And, you know, I, I went into that experience knowing that, oh, well, if it's not quite right and it doesn't work, then I'll just leave. So four weeks in, that's exactly how I felt. You know what, this is not working for me. This is not where I can shine. It's not where I feel happy and passionate about showing up for every day. Um, So I resigned and um, picked up another great um, opportunity within 24 hours and had a nice long weekend and started again afresh and have been at the new place of business for the last two weeks. So, so far, so good. I, I think the manager there has a good handle on knowing that, look, I'll give it all I've got. If it's not working out for either of us, we'll just have lunch, celebrate, and I'll see you later. Wow. So, <laughs> okay. so it's, it's pretty it's pretty cruisy. I've, I went into the first week of the first job extremely stressed, and I prayed a lot, and I breathed a lot, and I was mindful and present so much in that first week just in survival like I don't think I can do this this is so mm-hmm. out of my not not out of my intellectual or professional depths out of my emotional depths and yeah. and spiritual depths I guess because I just didn't feel good and then I did start to feel really good there and got in the swing of it and and then things things changed there that were not going to be in line with um, my values. So that was my decision to move on. And this time going into the the new position, I haven't had any of that, you know. It's almost like I've learnt everything along the way as I've experienced it in that first position and and I've just gone into this one feeling 
um, quite quite positive, quite open, and and really quite relaxed. A little tired, you know. I'm not used to doing yeah. tired to a desk all day long, and um, but but it's a good kind of tired. It's the end of the day, you know. What I've achieved, well, tired. Yeah, yeah, and that and that is amazing. You know, you talked about being open and positive and relaxed about your future really you know and that's that's where you headed you it, it's almost you said that you're you learned from that first position moving back into it you didn't endure it for too long mm. and you were able to lean towards a new future but still seem to be relatively able to stay living in the present and that's certainly a lot that we talk about in the, in in mindfulness is that we can learn and let go of the past, mm. otherwise it, it it you know hijacks our attention. That we can lean towards the future, but not get consumed by worry about it, and yet still live moment by moment in the now. And it seems that you you very elegantly did that. And I'm guessing through a lot of um, our mindfulness practices, being able to call your attention back and gather that. And liberate that in the moment to be able to be the most effective version of you, yeah? Yeah, and I don't think that, uh, well, I know that without those practices being in the forefront of my mind, mm. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have gone back after the first week. So yeah. what, I, what, what was happening was I was experiencing myself going back into the old patterns, trying to know everything immediately. Yes. And then I, I kept going back to, you know, right now I'm just going to focus on this. I'm just going to focus on this. And, you know, I, I said to someone, it kind of felt like I wanted to, to, to build, uh, to, to create a patchwork quilt all on my own and I wanted all of the pieces and sew it all together immediately, which is the old version of myself that I'm learning to let go of. And yet this, the, the mindfulness techniques that I, we talked about on the show and I applied actually were giving me pieces of the patchwork quilt that didn't fit yet. And I just was yeah, trusting yeah. and bringing them in. And then after a few weeks, I looked around and went, hey, look, they're all starting to join up. So yeah. that was a, a so, new way for me to learn things and, and apply things, which was, which was really interesting to observe. And which is, which is the, a testament to your resourceful brain. And when, you know, when, when we're mindful, and this is you know, my mantra that, that my little girl Gracie's always laughing at me every time she hears me say it, but when we're mindful – we naturally make better choices and we make better choices because we're um, in the, the resourceful do domain of our mind and our brain. And it's when we're reactive and when we're mindless that we're in that um, lower-minded, lower-vibrational, reactive brain where the only thing that's available really is the stress response. Mm. And so it's and, and in that stress response, we all know that you know that there is there is great value in stress. There is absolutely great value in stress, and we need it to help us to move forward. We need it to keep keep us safe, and we needed it you know many hundreds of thousands of years ago so that so that we didn't get eaten. However, we've got this thing called the the new brain, which is that prefrontal cortex where we can think and we can um, uh, create, and it's and we we also can dwell. And we can stay in stress. So, if we were to look at it as a, a zebra, a zebra brain and a human brain, and say, you know, the zebra is out grazing on the pasture land, and then the alert part of the brain spots a lion 
heading its way. And the zebra takes off and runs, and the stress response, you know, hits hits in, and they're able to run and and this time get away from the lion and not eat, not be eaten. And then very quickly, the zebra brain resets back to this state of homeostasis, this state of balance. So the the stress response gets cooled off. And within a very short amount of time, the zebra's back eating and grazing and Mm. forgotten about the lion. Mm. But the human brain, if it was in the zebra, would go, oh, jeepers, that was, oh, I could have been eaten by the lion. What have I been eaten by the lion? Who'd take care of the kids? Who'd pay the bills? Oh, look, there's so many other zebras out there. Why did you have to pick on me? I think that's what happens to people at 2 a.m., Exactly. That's what so happens. The, the human brain, the human brain keeps us in this <laughs> stress response long after the event or episode has occurred. So if I can say, if we learn one thing from from our podcast today, is be a zebra, be getting your zebra brain, and mindfulness enables us to do that to to be able to respond on alert if we need to, and then take a few breaths, pause. Engage with your breath, recognize that you're now safe and get back to grazing or get back to your daily living in a non-stressed response rather than this constant low-grade stress. And so we're doing a question and answer session today, uh, Natalie, but my first question for you is you talked about the you using mindfulness practices and how effective they were. And I know that our listeners will be wondering, give us your list. What were the ones that really worked and what were the ones that didn't if there were any that, you know, you sort of tossed off and went, well, I'm not going to um, – <laughs> that's probably not the best term. <laughs> but we'll, we'll move forward from that <laughs> that you threw out. <laughs> You poor love, you're a little muddled and fuddled in pain at the moment, so we'll excuse that one. <laughs> you're okay, go. Too funny. All right, let me take over for a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, so, some of the, let, let me start actually by the results if I can. What what I noticed that was different was that that I was able to come home at the end of the day when I was under that stress in that first position, express the stress. And then we have a saying around here that my granddaughter, uh, you know, instilled in us when she first got language was, okay, that's enough about that. So I, I dumped and then that's enough about that. I let go of it and that's not a normal practice for me. So I love seeing how applying mindfulness techniques naturally in the course of my life is creating a natural change in me, not one that I'm sitting here trying to create differently. Oh, that's a great distinction. And that's certainly... Nice. You've had feedback um, from our listeners, as I have, in in that regard. That it's that it's just sort of an effortless um, improvement. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it has, and it's been a mindful decision in letting go of mm-hmm. of what's going on. The other thing that I've noticed uh, that through that period too was once again that just coming back to the moment, that present moment, made me mm-hmm. realise. Just bite this little bit here. Let's just look at this right now. Oh, look at that. I got through that. The next day, the next next thing. Yeah. And and that's quite different to me because I like to know everything at once. Mm. 
Mm, you and do. And gaining, gaining time. You know, I know that everybody is always talking about wanting more time, chasing more time. There's never enough time. And mm. one of the tips that you shared with me, well, asked that was new for me, I hadn't heard before, was doing all those little no-brainers the night before. So your brain doesn't have to think about the breakfast it's going to have or the mm-hmm. lunch it's packing or the clothes that's going to be worn that day. So Which all exhausts our mental um, yeah. capacity. But, you know, I just, I, I, I've always been an organized person, like mm-hmm. a week out organized person. If I'm running a workshop, it'll be set up the weekend before. Yeah. But this, this felt different in terms of it was just a nice, natural, easy flow. And it's almost like the five minutes of prep the night before has given me 15 or 20 minutes the morning, the next morning off. Oh, what an amazing yeah. gift. There you go, yeah. people. Did you did you hear that? The five minutes or ten minutes of preparation the night before of, of the low-hanging fruit, what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, all of those sorts of things um, is going to gift you with a lot more time the next day. And in addition to that, it's going to gift you with a lot more energy because you're not expending that mental energy standing, looking in the wardrobe, um, contemplating and arguing with yourself about what you should wear or shouldn't wear because you've already decided. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, that's been very, very peaceful. So um, enough about me, but those things do work. So I encourage anyone, all of us listening, to to go back to that episode, um, maybe listen to all of our episodes all over again because they're so entertaining, and <laughs> grab those little pearls because sometimes when we hear something the first time, we forget it or didn't hear it that way and we go back to things and go, hey, I don't remember them saying that, and then, yeah. then it's new again and or the time is right for the application of that thing and, and perhaps it wasn't when you heard it earlier. Yes, exactly, exactly. So in, in a nutshell, you're loving your new position, you're applying your mindfulness um, tools and techniques, particularly the, the preparation one that's gifting you with some more time. And what we look forward to is you making, um, utilising your gifts and talents in a very beautiful way for your new role. So that's a great thing. It is, it is. So stay tuned. We'll see. A lot can change from our one episode to mm. the next. Let's see what I'm doing next time we tune in. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. So we've had some, um, speaking of changes and updates and improvements, we've had some feedback from listeners wanting to do another Q&A along with their questions. So we've got a list of questions that we'll try and get through as many as we can today. Um, but already, even in this short conversation, there's already just reminders of getting back to those basics, you know, using our breath, preparing the night before and, and investing that small amount of time in that, not letting our mind wander and, and returning to the here and now, letting go of and learning from the past, leaning towards the future, but making sure that we're living in this moment right here right now because now is all we have so what's our what's some of our what's some of our people saying natalie well we've got some good questions and the theme seems to be uh, a little leaning towards meditation so great that people that are listening to the show are starting to 
to want to explore more a little deeper mm. because that's what happens with mindfulness and meditation. It's such a self-exploration. You just kind of stretch your mind a little bit and you want to know more and want to experience more, which which is what these questions reflect. So I'll, I'll start with Wendy from Blackburn. So hey, hi, Wendy. Wendy. <laughs> and Wendy says, I love the short meditations that you girls offer on the podcast and they really help me in so many ways. But what do you suggest is best for longer meditations? Oh, wow. Well, I, well, thank you, Wendy, and make sure that you're continuing with those short meditations. And the, the thing is, if, if the short meditations and the short practices are working for you, obviously continue with those because this this concept is about getting um, taking meditation off the cushion and into life and allowing our daily living practices to inform our meditation practices or our mindfulness practices. So I think it's um, making sure that we're maintaining that practice daily. And for those people who want to deepen their practice, there are so many different meditations out there. And I would um, suggest there's not one right way. There's more effective ways for some people than others, depending on how you're wired and your personality type and the time that you have. And so um, some of those include mantra-based meditations or music-based meditations. There's movement meditations, so whether it's a walking meditation or things, even things like yoga have a meditative element or tai chi have that meditative uh, mental training element. Um what about some what are some meditations longer form meditations that you've done Natalie that uh, you particularly loved because um, you've had a lot of you've had a lot of um, a broad experience with um, contemplative practice yeah and I guess I guess I'm really poor at remembering what they all are. But what I do love is the access to podcasts. So the ones that I listen to are on my favorite podcast channels, The Wellness Couch, Louise Hay, um, anything that I see in passing, I'll go and look at the podcast and listen to it. And I tend to put them on before as I get into bed and then mm -hmm. I just let them – so they'll be a mixture, especially on the Louise Hay um, podcast channel. They're all different meditation experts. So I just let it roll all night. And sometimes I can wake up at 3 in the morning and someone is still talking to me. So that's how I bring the longer ones into, into my day. When I teach a class or a workshop or something like that, um, I tend to just al allow myself to channel whatever comes through. So I always focus on the breath. And a, and a body scan. Um, I focus on setting people setting an intention for their practice or, or their day, uh, or maybe who they want to show up as that day, who mm -hmm. they want to feel like being for that day. Um, and, that, and that's um, that intention can either you can either have a conversation and so using your voice, or you could visualize what that's going to look like. Yeah, and sometimes we do chakra things. Sometimes um, I, I just feel to just leave music on and let them go to their own place because it can also be that that kind of pro, um, propulsion in in a meditation when someone's guiding you through it that you, the meditator, may feel that there's an expectation or an obligation or a something caught up in the experience. So quite often I will just let them know I'm going to leave them now and let them 
go wherever they go and then bring them back in because it's such a... Which is, yeah, which is a really important and it's a significant point that you make and it's one of those things of, of where mind-wandering does have its value in terms of even as a meditative practice However, it's when mind-wandering turns to dwelling in rumination, which is what we tend to do because we're, because of that negativity bias, the way our brain is wired. And so it's being able to find something in meditation, whether it's a guided med- meditation, whether it's your breath, that keeps you in a state of being relaxed enough and alert enough So if you're too relaxed, you go to sleep. If you're too alert, you're tense and stressed. And so it's keeping your mind and brain relaxed and alert enough that you're able to pay attention and be aware enough that when your attention heads off into Neverland, that you're able to call that back. Mm -hmm. And that calling back of your attention might happen in a 20-minute meditation, it might happen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. And often people see that as failure. Well, I, my mind just wandered and not, it turned up the dial on the monkey mind and I couldn't believe it and I kept on trying to come back to my breath but I'd wander off to something else. Every time you call your attention back, whether it be with a breath, whether it be with a, um, a mantra or a, a, some music or a smell or taste, whatever whatever sense that you're utilizing in, in that meditation process, every time you can bring your attention back, it's like a mental sit-up. And so you're strengthening your capacity for being more mindful in your general daily living. So that effortless just feeling better about things that you talked about in the beginning of the call, Natalie, that's because you've been doing mental sit-ups. Yeah. So you're yeah. strengthening your capacity for being able to be more effective emotionally. And look, I think there is some stress for some people around learning new practices. And, and Aaron, one of our listeners, has, has sent in a, a question specifically around that. He says yeah. that he did a he Hi, recently, <laughs> he recently did a meditation workshop at work, which is so cool, meditation in the workplace. Mm-hmm to help reduce stress but what it did was create a whole lot of stress for him because he's trying to figure out one how to meditate and two how to find the time so someone (laughs) said go and listen to the the one minute mindfulness girls they'll have some really simple little tips to to build upon i suppose to flex those um mental sit-ups so that the practice can be um what its intention is to to de-stress not add more stress and that's certainly of, you know, in the, in the 15 years I've been teaching meditation or mindfulness practices, it's the, some of the, um, the conversations and the dialogue is around, I just haven't got time. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm behind on my work enough, let alone dedicating 20 minutes or half an hour, an hour, or trying to wake up earlier or go to bed later. I need the sleep. I, and so there's this whole conversation and dialogue about meditation becoming stressful. And that's essentially how... Um, I stumbled across this short-form practice oh, was wow. a direct result of that feedback of I can't I, I can't find the time, I won't find the time, I don't have the time, 
Or I'm so frustrated when I do meditate for 20 minutes or 30 minutes or half an hour because of my, that mental brain noise that I feel like a failure and, and so I give up. Or and how so can 30 seconds of mindfulness make any difference at all? There's so many things that come up around all of that, isn't there? Yeah, and and guess what? One breath makes a difference. <laughs> One mindful breath that could take you 10 to 15 seconds, just calling that attention back gathering that through that that breathing and then what we talk about is liberating it with a smile oh yes yeah. so well, i did lots of breaths lots of smiling through the tears that first couple and, of weeks so and it, it works you're sending every time we we smile we're sending a signal to the brain for joy and even though we don't we're not feeling the joy in that moment we're still firing the brain off in that way. Every time we pause, so we call back our attention, we take a breath, we're gathering our attention, and then we're liberating that attention with a smile, and that's sending powerful messages and creating powerful chemical releases in our brain for joy. And um, putting the brake on the stress response, which is putting us into, into tears. So, Aaron, the very first thing I'd recommend that, that you do is go and listen to our Mindfulness in the Workplace podcast. I'm not sure which episode it is. Um, it's around seven or eight, I think, Natalie. Um, I have a little look and then um, confirm that at the end. Let me go. Yeah, so, so, Aaron, go and listen to that because there's some great tips in there. And in, in addition to that, I would say just pausing, breathing and smiling as part of your your practice setting an alarm so that even for just one minute a day you can um, set an alarm on your computer and just take some mindful breaths focusing on your breath allowing thoughts to pass as you bring your attention back to your breath um, meetings if you're meet if you're having meetings Aaron if you could do a couple of meetings a week that were walking meetings first of all you're going to be way more productive you're going to get up and start and and move and you're going to set yourself up for the rest of the day in a much more energized state don't eat lunch at your desk go and sit even if you have to inhale your lunch just take the first bite and chew it for at least 20 times noticing the texture the taste the smell the feel notice how when you get to the last um, chew and you're swallowing that even just that first bite knock yourself out and inhale the rest of the food if you have to but just doing those small practices over time will have a compounding effect so it's it's not about having to find the 20 minutes or find that extra time or do those things that, that put you into a stress response. It's just about putting the brake on that stress response and inviting a more relaxed response every time you can think of it. And if all, if all that is, Aaron, is one breath a day, that is going to make a difference over two days and three days and five days and ten days, as we talked about in the beginning of this call. In episode <laughs> nine, we, we talked a lot about the rituals. So that'd be a good one to start with um, if you haven't already started there is to, to go and check out episode nine because that's got a lot of those little rituals, getting used to the repetition exactly. of them and creating them as yeah. habits. 
And as you said, Natalie, using using the podcast as part of your practice. So using the podcast, listening to them on the way to work or on the way home from work, in your car or on the train or um, wherever you can, that's the, the, the beauty of these podcasts. They're short. They're only, um, you know, 30 minutes long in length. And there's lots of tips and um, tools along the way that you can think about and apply immediately. They're not something that you have to get in the Zen state, burning incense, sitting on a cushion with music and candles burning. That's gorgeous and beautiful. However, if all you can do is take a breath, if all you can do is listen to the train track for a minute and just listen deeply to the click, 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 mm-hmm. click, click, that's a meditative practice. So it's about allowing our life, our daily living, to inform our mindfulness practice. And be kind to yourselves. You know, be gentle on yourselves. This is If this is something new or something that challenges you, there's no right or wrong, there's no rules, and there's certainly no one around cracking the whip to say you've got to do it a certain way. It's, it's the, you're, you're seeking the result, which is to feel at peace. One of, our, um, one of our mindfulness, one of our podcasts, we, I think it might, might have been, even been the last one, Natalie, we talked about um, going to the mirror and asking yourself, what, is, what do I need to hear right now to soothe and comfort me? Mm. And we had, I had an email from uh, a woman who I won't mention her name, but you're listening, you know who you are. And she said the first three times or four times she did it, she couldn't even look at herself in the mirror and she realised that she needed to do this work. And so she committed to doing it for a week. Every day, every time she looked in the mirror, she would ask that question. And she said for for a week or one day shy of, shy of one week, every time she asked that question, she just would cry. And she eventually, after four or five days, she was able to start to begin to say some things. And then she said on the last day, she got up in the morning and she went to the mirror and she looked up and, and she she looked at herself and it was like, oh, here we go again. Okay, what do, what do, you, what do you need to hear right now to soothe and comfort you? And she said it was like it came from somewhere that she just couldn't, it, it just came. And she said, and I just said, I love you. And she said, and from that point on, that's all she said. And she hasn't cried. And she said she she feels like she sees deep within her soul. And she truly feels like she's in love with herself. Aww. And so that's, that's a practice that has changed this person's life. And it didn't take any extra time because we look in the mirror constantly. She just she just recognised that she wasn't looking at herself and, in fact, she couldn't bear to look at herself. And, and it only took a few days for her to fall back in love with that um, person, that being inside herself, her soul, if you like. And if so, if it's a gentle reminder for all of us to be kind with ourselves, do it uh, in the mirror because we are we are looking and judging on ourselves because we're such we're so good at judging <laughs> ourselves and others and our situation. Um, just let go of that, and as you so beautifully just said, Natalie, be kind with yourself. Apply some self compassion because that's going to make a world of difference, as it as it did for um, one of our listeners. It does. It does indeed. So just before we wrap up, though, 
Lana's got a really great question. Uh, she says, okay, so I'm doing meditations, but how do I know it's actually working? <laughs> the, uh, the, the, lifelong, the lifelong question, how do I know this thing's working? Well, Lana, it depends on, on um, what your appetite is, is for knowing that it's working. First of all, if, as Natalie mentioned at the, at the beginning, if you're noticing some improvements, then you know, you know that it is working. Um, trust and having faith that, that it does work because it has worked for many thousands of years. And in the last particularly 20 years, a growing body of research that uh, is supporting what the contemplatives have known for many thousands of years is that when we dedicate energy and time to being present and mindful, to calling our, our attention back, and gathering it and liberating it in, in through our breath, through our smiles, through a pause, through brushing our teeth with the opposite hand, that um, the growing evidence that says that this thing does work. So if you need science, um, send me an email, Lana, and I can, I can give you the 400-odd evidence-based <laughs> um, research articles that have come out this year alone. Um, I can... We can have a conversation about your personal benefits. And I know myself, you know, I, I love the science and I love talking with the scientists about what, what they're doing in their little labs around mindfulness. But somebody asked me the question the other day, would, if, if science um, disproved it, would I keep doing it? And my answer is yes, because it actually it works for me. Mm. <laughs> it works for me, and I've seen it work for so many people that I love around me. That just if science didn't, if even if science disproved it, I'd still keep doing it. And I'd uh, say I'd suggest too. You know, if you're feeling triggered and you're feeling like it's stressful, it's working. If you're feeling <laughs> calm and peaceful, it's working too. <laughs> <laughs> That's fabulous, fabulous. And at the very least, what it's going to do is is invite you back. To, to a more calm and eased state, even if it's only for that moment. And that has a compounding effect in the brain. It has a compounding effect in our body, and over time that will show up in an ease and calm in our daily life. So are we at the, are we at the end of another show there? We are indeed. Short, snappy, and totally entertaining. So until next time. <laughs> and, and a little bit risque. A little bit. So you can join us today, um, our beautiful omelings. There are so many ways that you can stay with us on the couch. We've got our Facebook page, yes. We do indeed. The OMM, One Minute Mindfulness Show. You can subscribe to us um, on iTunes. Go to or go to um, www.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash omm, and on that on the wellness couch, there's more and more shows coming on there every month, and there's so, so some of some amazing and outstanding contributors on the couch, and they're all all of them are really dedicated to supporting you in your wellness adventure wherever you find it on in the domain of of vitality. Um, and do, if you like this show, make sure you go and post or tweet or share it with your online tribe and do go and subscribe to our podcast so that you can listen to it in, in the car on your way home, um, on the way to work or on the way home from work in bed if, if, that's, if that's your um, re relaxing time. And so until next time, please do remember our cornerstones of mindfulness practice to breathe, pause, 
breathe and smile your way through your days as you reconnect with your inner amazingness and allow your unique gifts to warmly wash over the hearts of all of those around you. Again, thank you, Natalie, for sharing your beautiful um, story of, of and journey over the last few weeks. Thank you. And I look forward to sharing with you, connecting with you again and all of our beautiful listeners in our next show. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you, Omlings. Thanks, everyone. Stay present. Bye. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.